are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Miller Thomas. And on today's pod, we're playing a little game of the core six. We're looking at the six best players on each team in the NL West and deciding, is that core good enough to win a World Series? That's what we're deciding here on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. So let's jump right into it. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks still here. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please Go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Also, go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. I believe I already said that, but go check out my Twitter. That's what I want to talk about, at creatorthomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, Thank you for making Lockdown Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, the listener, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. Hopefully my new background, if you're watching the YouTube video, isn't too distracting. I was like, let's go with a virtual background today. Usually I got this plain, boring beige wall behind me, but I decided let's go switch it up and put the virtual background on. I got a little brick wall behind me now, so... I, it's a little switch up. Hopefully, it's more visually appealing. And if it's distracting, again, just reach out to me on Twitter to let me know. But as I said in the cold open, we are looking at the core six of players from each team in the NL West, the six best players on each team in the NL West. We're deciding if that core is good enough to win a World Series. This topic is inspired by a recent discussion on the Ryan Russillo podcast where he kind of did the big three of each NBA team or we're doing the big six of each team in the NL West and I want to expand this game to other divisions in the future but we're starting with the NL West today looking at each core six of players for each team and just deciding if I'm in or out on that core potentially winning a World Series or just being good enough to win a World Series and I think to do this game we have to start off at home. We have to start off with our team, the Arizona Dimebacks, and decide if that core, if their core six of players is good enough to win a World Series. Because in my eyes, their best six players is Ketel Marte, no surprise there. Zach Allen, no surprise there. And these core six of players, when I uh, list them off, it's not in order either. I just went through each team and decided their six best players. I really didn't rank them. So don't really take into account the order of which I'm saying the name. So Marte, Gallen, Carson Kelly, Dalton Varsho, Josh Rojas, and David Peralta. I believe that's the core six of players for this D-backs team. 
Marte and Gallon are both studs, of course. Marte, legit MVP candidate. I don't even think we really have to get into a discussion about him too much. We know what he does when he's healthy. Same with Zach Gallon. Those two are the pillars of this D-backs team in terms of representation for their position players, that being Ketel Marte, and their pitchers, that being Zach Gallon. Carson Kelly, I still think, is someone whose career arrow is pointing upwards. When you think of Carson Kelly, this is someone that had a really good 2019 season, and he kind of needs to get back to those 2019 levels of consistency and play. But still, what we saw in 2021 is still a very impressive offensive profile. He's still a better offensive catcher than, what, 70% of the catchers in baseball. His defense has gotten better season after season. So Carson Kelly is someone with their arrow pointing upwards, his career on upwards trajectory. I like him a lot. I think Carson Kelly is getting better. He's definitely a part of this D-backs core going forward. Everyone is hoping Dalton Varsho can continue his second half breakout last season. I've said repeatedly how he's going to be a big factor next season, not only in terms of how competitive this D-backs team can be next year, but also depending on, I think Varsho's play will also help determine Kind of where this D-backs franchise wants to go, whether they're going to be rebuilders or retoolers, because if Dalton Varsho, excuse me, I had a little hair in my mouth. Uh, I'm guessing it's my own beard hair, beard hair, but Dalton Varsho, depending on who he plays next season, not only will it determine whether the D-backs, you know, are competitive or not, but if Dalton Varsho legit looks like an all-star level player next year, then Maybe the D-backs decide, we don't have to blow this up. We don't have to trade Ketel Marte. Varsho is so good right now. Gal and Marte are so good right now. Let's try to retool this roster and make a competitive playoff team on the fly. Try to get off um, Garner's contract and disperse some of that money elsewhere. Varsho could be a huge key deciding the D-backs future over the next few years. So I'm definitely watching Varsho because he's going to be a big factor for the NL West and this team next season. Uh, David Peralta, at this point of his career, nice clutch player. He has strengths and weaknesses. Being clutch is a strength. He's a still a pretty good middle-of-the-order bat, still a pretty good defensive player. But at this point of his career, the same with Josh Rojas, I just don't think those two players can be your fifth and sixth best player if you're trying to build a core of a World Series team. Like, I like Josh Rojas a, a lot. Josh Rojas is one of my favorite players. I think he's swaggy. I think he brings an attitude and a confidence to him when he steps on the field. But right now, Josh Rojas, he's an average defender at best. And his overall offensive pro profile with his bat is also just average. Like, overall, Josh Rojas right now, he's probably an average player. According to Fangraphs, I think he was listed as a two-war. I think Baseball Reference had him as a one-war. Just another reason why war is a dumb stat. Two different numbers, two different uh, formulas based off two different websites. But he's basically between a one and a two-war player right now. Solid player, slightly above average. But with him and the David Peralta, if that's your fifth and sixth best player, I just don't think you're going that far as a franchise. So for this D-backs core of Peralta... Gallon, Varsho, Rojas, Marte. I'm out as this team being a World Series contention, uh, World Series contender in the near future. Maybe they could retool depending on how Varsho or some other players play, like I mentioned. But 
This team is just not good enough to be a World Series contender. Uh, I still like them as a potential wildcard team, but that's about it. And I don't think they're going to solve their issues in free agency this season, maybe over the next couple off seasons. But right now, for this team to start to enter that playoff contender, World Series contender tier, I think we're going to need to see a lot of internal development from some of their younger players. Because when you look at the honorable mentions for the D-backs, for other players that could have been in their core six, I had like a bum garner written down just because, you know, his resume. Luke Weaver, theoretical upside. Car, uh, uh, I have Kelly written down, not Carson Kelly, unless there's a different Kelly I'm thinking about. I have Paven Smith written. Oh, I have Merrill Kelly. I'm like, who's the other Kelly? Yeah, Merrill Kelly, I decide, uh, I, Merrill Kelly, I debated putting in the core six, which is... I mean, when you think of Merrill Kelly, I like him a lot. But should he be the core of a World Series contender? Probably not. Then Paven Smith, the fact that he's even honorable mention is probably all the D-backs need to know in terms of the talent they have on their roster. So the D-backs definitely use some more talent. But I like parts of their core. I don't like their whole core. But at least they got some pillars like a Gallon and a Marte that they could build around. Next team I want to talk about in segment number one is the Dodgers. Their core would be Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Walker Bueller, Julio Urias, and I put Will Smith down as well. When you got yourself two MVPs listed, I think you're pretty good in Mookie Betts and Trey Turner, or excuse me, in Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger, because Trey Turner, I still feel like is kind of overlooked in baseball. I know everyone thinks he's great, thinks he's an all-star, but I still don't think the perception of Trey Turner is necessarily correct, because I think... People still think of Trey Turner as mostly a contact hitter with tons of speed, and a lot of that is true, but he also had a career-high 28 bombs last season, an OPS over 900, led the National League in hits, total bases, average, and steals, and he's not one of the two players on this Dodgers roster that's won an MVP before. This team is stacked, plus you got Walker Buehler and Julio Urias, both under 27 years old, both with a sub-3 ERA, strikeouts per 9, above 9, whip below 1.1. They have a young pitching staff. They got young stars in their lineup. And then I chose Will Smith as that sixth member of their core. I debated some other guys you know, that we'll talk about during the honorable mentions, but I chose Will Smith to round out that core six because... I don't know if you guys realize this. He's a 900, a near 900 OPS guy as a catcher, 25 plus home runs. He's a freaking weapon at the catcher position. And because of that, that's a separator that the Dodgers have that most teams don't have. Most teams don't have an offensive catcher. Not even the D-backs. Carson Kelly is not on the level of a Will of a Will Smith. So the fact that the Dodgers have a guy like that at a position that is scarce with off offensive talent, that's a huge plus. For the Dodgers having a guy like Will Smith. So I'm of course in on this team. On this core as a World Series contender. I mean we've seen this core. Win a World Series already. So it's not surprising. And when you think of some of the Dodgers honorable mentions. I mean their honorable mentions for the Dodgers. Would be 3, 4, and 5 for the D-backs. I mean you got Max Muncy. Chris Taylor. Tony Gonsolin. Dustin May. And if you think about the Dodgers free agents. Canley Jansen and Clayton Kershaw. The Dodgers are absolutely stacked. They, of course, have a pretty deep core. And I'm, of course, in on the Dodgers World Series. Or I'm in on the Dodgers core as being a World Series contender. I should have had a stronger close to the end of segment number one. But, hey, what can you do? But 
For segment number two, we'll get into the Padres core and the Giants core. But before we get there, before we get there, I first want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, thanks to Built Bar. It's Almost, it almost feels like it's not even a resolution because the Bilt Bar tastes so good and I enjoy them. Have you ever tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best tasting bars. And in reality, all the bars at Bilt Bar are delicious because they're covered in 100% chocolate. 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're low calorie. They're low sugar. They're high protein. They're high fiber. They're great for a keto diet. They're healthy for you. They taste delicious. And guess what? If you want to get in on Built Bar, just go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. Promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This episode is all to all. Mm, let me start over. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car will need. While endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Just go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Get back into it. I feel like uh, I always struggle to talk on these Sunday pods sometimes. Sometimes the energy is just not where I want it to be on a Sunday pod. I want it to be higher. I know that you guys are listening to this on Monday, but I usually record it on Sunday. My Sunday energy just needs to be better some days. Today, I'm feeling good though, so we got the energy to do the pod today. I felt like it was lacking a little bit on last Sunday's pod, so I wanted to make sure and I I want to make sure I tuned up the energy just a little bit on today's pod for you guys today. So let's get back into it. Let's discuss the rest of the cores around the NL West. I am getting a little hot over here as the sun starts to move in my direction. So hopefully I don't start to sweat on camera. But the next core I want to talk about in the NL West is the San Francisco Giants. And for them, the core I have written down is Brandon Crawford. Brandon Belt, I believe they're both named Brandon, right? Mike Estrensky, Logan Webb, Tyler Rogers, and Anthony Delscafani. Now, with uh, you know, early disclaimer, I'm not totally into the Giants core. I've talked about it a lot on this pod. I'm just not really in on the Giants core, how it's currently constructed. Now, if they bring back Chris Bryant, that might change things and change how I feel a little bit. But we already saw Buster Posey leave this season. Chris Bryant, I mean Buster Posey retired. Chris Bryant is currently a free agent, and now you kind of need the career season that we saw from Brandon Crawford and Belt last season to be their norms at this point in their careers. And Crawford and Brandon Belt, even though they had career years last season, 
those are two guys who have spent a decade plus in baseball who all of a sudden have had this revelation late in their careers, but they're also entering their mid-30s. Can you really trust on a Crawford and Belt to repeat the seasons they have last year? No, I think they could still be borderline all-star players, but last season they were really good players. They were great players. They were borderline star players when I think they're closer to being all-star level players. Webb's ascension, Logan Webb's ascension, I think that's legit. I'm not worried about Logan Webb at all. 24 years old, 272 FIP last season, 101 whip, 9.6 strikeouts per nine. I believe Logan Webb is special. There are players ranked four through eight, though, I think are all pretty similar in terms of talent and just like standing and their tier status in the league. Yaz, I would say, has the most upside of the players I haven't yet mentioned of the core guys, but Del Scafani was basically another guy last season who had a career year who you hope can repeat it. Yaz is someone who had a down season last year. They hope can have a bit of a bounce back next season. Del Scafani someone that had a career season last year. They hope can repeat his success in 2022. But when I look at this Giants roster overall, like, yeah, I love, uh, yeah, I think uh, Webb is an ace. Yeah, I think Crawford and Belt are good, not great players or pretty damn close to great players. But overall, this whole roster, I think, is just good. Like when you even look at the honorable mentions, Lamonte Wade Jr., Lamont Wade Jr., I believe that's how you say it, Lamont Wade Jr., Wilmer Flores, Jake McGee. Like it's a lot of good guys, a lot of guys who I respect and would probably be upgrades on the D-backs, but this overall roster outside of Webb, Crawford, and Belt, I think it's just good. I think it's a lot of C+, B-, B-level players with Webb being an A-, Crawford, and Belt being B-pluses. And then outside of that, everyone else is between a B and a C+. This roster doesn't have a lot of holes, not a lot of Fs and Ds, but overall, I just don't think the ceiling of the Giants is very high next season. I think the floor is high, but not the ceiling. And because of that, I don't think they have a championship World Series contender kind of a ceiling. So I'm out on the core six of the San Francisco Giants. But how about the San Diego Padres? Their core, I think, is... Machado, Tatis, Cronenworth, Musgrove, Darvish, and Snell. You guys could quibble with some of the pitchers if you think someone else should be mixed in or out. But the Padres experiment just didn't work last season. But I would still swap their core with basically 90% of the core of the D-backs. Machado and Tatis are still two legit MVP guys. I know I give a lot of shit to Tatis for his defense, which was warranted. Tatis's defense was putrid last season. He has what? double-digit errors last season. Like, I think it was closer to 20 errors than, like, 10 errors last season. So his defense was putrid. But when you're Tatis and you're still getting 40-plus home runs, uh, a near 1,000 OPS, 25 steals, nearly 100 RBIs in just 130 games, I don't think a lot of people are going to care about your defense. If he was on the D-backs, I wouldn't care about his defense if he's putting up numbers like that. Cronenworth is turning into an all-star. Well, not even turning into. He was an all-star last season. That was a development I wasn't ready for and definitely wasn't expecting. So that just uh, that's someone, if you asked me last year if I was doing this game, who would not have been on my list of a core six for the Padres. And now he is. So that just lets you know the kind of leap he's taken and the trajectory Cronenworth is on. So that's huge for this Padres team. Musgrove, I thought, looked the best last season of any year of his career. 
He's still under 30, so I still think he can get better. So even though it might have been a career year for him, I don't think that's as fluky as a guy like Crawford or Belt who are like year 14 veterans all of a sudden having late career revivals. Darvish and Blake Snell, two big question marks in this rotation next season. I would, I would love to have those question marks in the D-backs rotation, but for the Padres trying to win a World Series, for Darvish, you have to ask, how affected is he really by the sticky stuff crackdown? Is he really not the guy we saw pre-sticky stuff? And is he really not the guy that we saw pre-sticky stuff? I think I was saying the right the right thing. Is he not that guy? Is he more of the guy we saw post-sticky stuff where he struggled a little bit more, more up and down, more peaks and valleys? Because if so, uh, that's going to be a pretty bad deal for the Padres that the fact that this guy was a fraud and not really an ace, that would be pretty disappointing development for the Padres if Darvish can never get back to being a number one kind of kind of a pitcher because they had to stop letting pitchers cheat. That would be a pretty disappointing development. So I'm curious to see how Darvish pitches next season. Then Blake Snell, he has to figure out how to pitch on the road. Terrible, terrible road stats last season pretty weird for Blake Snell but even though I know this team flamed out in the second half last season I would still take this championship core over the D-backs championship core and even with that being said uh maybe that's not the good phrase to say even with that being said even though I like this team and this core better than the D-backs core which is not really a surprise I still also like this team as a world series kind of a core I still think the Padres Core is good enough to potentially win it all. I know they struggled last season, but when I think of the MVP talent that they have, when I think that Darvish and Snell are two guys that have been Cy Young award winners and Cy Young candidates before, even though they struggled last season, Snell is still pretty young. He's like, what, 31 years old? Darvish, yeah, he's in his mid-30s, but I still think he has a lot left in the tank as well. So even though a lot of their rotation struggled and they struggled in the second half, I'm still taking that Padres core as a World Series contender. Now we'll talk about the Rockies in segment number three, and we'll rank all the cores in the NL West for 2022 and beyond. But before we get there, I first want to talk to you guys about BetOnline because BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football continues its march to the playoffs, right to the big game in a couple weeks, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online where the game starts. It's also Super Week, brought to you by GetUpside, and there's no better place to get coverage of the big game than the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On Bengals and Locked On Rams are in LA all week covering the big game. So go check out those two amazing podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And don't forget to check out the Super Bowl next Sunday. Let's get back into the podcast and let's discuss the last team in NL West, which is the Colorado Rockies, who have easily, we did a disclaimer before for the Giants, we're doing another one for the Rockies. I think the Rockies have 
easily the worst core in the division. At least I could see a world where a Ketel Marte wins the MVP in the future or a Zach Allen finishes runner-up in Cy Young voting. But for the Rockies, do they have any player where you could see as a future superstar? Like, I know Brandon Rogers is someone who's been basically a top 100 prospect for like nine years now. Like the dude has been in the minor leagues for a while, listed among all the top 100 lists. And he finally had a pretty good season last year. But is Brandon Rogers a future superstar, a future MVP candidate? I don't know. He's still pretty young. Last season was basically his first full year in baseball. Had a pretty good year. I think he had a near 800 OPS, 285 average, something like that, 15 home runs. So, Brandon Rodgers definitely showed flashes and potential, and I think Colorado Rockies fans are going to be pretty happy with him. But outside of Rodgers, like, I think their most high upside player is Rodgers and their best young piece, but their best player in practicality is probably C.J. Cron. And Cron has turned himself into a very nice baseball player, but Cron should not be the best player on any MLB team. Like, yeah, he's put up some all-star level numbers last season, which I'm actually surprised by, but he should be a complimentary piece to a core. He should be at the bottom of the core six. He should be the eighth or seventh best player on a World Series team. He should not be your best player. Sorry, CJ Cron. He's had a very good season last year, 25 plus home runs, 900 OPS. I'm surprised with what Cron did last season, but he should be like a Mike Napoli or something, a, a complimentary piece to a World Series team not the foundation, not the headliner of a baseball team. Ryan McMahon, I think, is pretty interesting as a power-hitting infielder as well. I think he's pretty good. I think he can contribute. I think he can contribute to a winning environment as well. I just don't like him on the Colorado Rockies. And his numbers are solid, but they're not great, so they do make me kind of hesitant. I haven't looked at his splits, his home road splits, so I wonder what he would look like outside of Colorado. And this rotation of Marquez... Sanzantella and Gomber. Oh, yeah, I don't think I've said the core six for the Colorado Rockies. CJ Cron, Brendan Rodgers, Ryan McMahon, Hermaine Marquez, Antonio Sanzantella and Sanzantella and Austin Gomber. I'm sorry if I skipped on actually saying the core of the Colorado Rockies, but I'm not in love with the frontline rotation of this Colorado Rockies. I'm not in love with their starters or their pitching at all, even if you look at their bullpen, but considering there are three best pitchers are Marquez, Senzantella, and Austin Gomber. I just don't think that's good enough to do anything when it comes to being a winning team or building a World Series contender because Hermine Marquez and Senzantella, I think, are more middle to back end starters. Austin Gomber, like, I'm sorry, Rockets fans. I think you guys are, I think you guys already regret that Nolan Arenado deal. And I don't think Gomber's ever going to live up to. Any kind of expectation you guys might have had for him. So I'm really sorry for that. I think it's going to end up being an all-time bust of a trade. And, you know, the D-backs have had a few of those in their day as well. So don't feel too bad, Rockies fans. But Senzantella, Marquez Gomber, those guys can eat innings. But when you actually look at their stats and splits, like those guys actually... Pitch better at home than on the road. So the fact that their numbers are already mediocre, you can't even be like, well, when they actually go on the road, they actually seem like legit pitchers. It's the fact that they pitch at cores are the reasons why their numbers are inflated. Like, that's not actually true. They actually pitch better at home than on the road. And considering their numbers overall are mediocre, I'm just going to have to assume they're not very good as pitchers. So Colorado Rockies fans, I'm sorry that 
your guy's core sucks. Trevor Story is going to leave in free agency. And you guys basically have nothing but Brendan Rodgers to look forward to over the next few years. But let's rank the best core sixes in the NL West. I think you have to start with that. L.A. Dodgers at number one, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, Bueller, Urias, two Cy Young guys, two MVP guys, plus a Trey Turner who's an MVP guy as well. They got superstars up and down that lineup, even if uh, Kershaw or Canley Jensen leaving free agency, they're still going to be right in the thick of things. San Diego Padres flamed out in the second half last season, but I don't care. Tatis, Machado, two studs, rotation filled with guys who have up, up, who have high upside that could still be star-level pitchers like a Darvish or Snell. No, they struggled last season, but they still have enough equity with me where I could believe in a bounce back for those two. The Giants, I think they just lost too much this offseason. Too many guys last year had career years that they need to repeat going into next year. I'm just not in on this Giants team. I believe in their culture. I think they'll still be good and be competitive, but I don't think they could win a World Series over the next couple years. The D-backs at number four. I don't think we have to say much about them. Two elite players in Gallon and Marte. A couple interesting guys in Varsho and Kelly that have really high upside, but overall the roster just not good enough. Then the Colorado Rockies. I like McMahon. I like Cron. I like Rogers. Overall, the roster sucks. Hate pretty much all their pitchers. I love the Daniel Bard story. The Daniel Bard story, but he has not been that effective. So Rockies fans, it's going to be some dark years for you guys in the near future. And then that is all for this Lock on Dimebacks podcast. So thank you to everyone who tuned into today's pod. Come back on Wednesday for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. Go make Locked on Bets your second listen of the day because they can put some extra money in your pocket. So go check out your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. I would not be doing this podcast without you, my loyal listeners. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends. And of course, as always, stay safe and stay healthy. Deuces!